Okay, so for my witchy minute, I'm choosing the fairy godmother from Cinderella, but I am going for the Whitney Houston fairy godmother because, you know, I like her. She seems very witchy to me. She seems probably the most witchy of the fairy godmothers I've seen of, you know, different iterations there are, but she seems like she's got that spark because she's got, you know, because she doesn't have, she doesn't have like a magic, no, she doesn't have a magic wand, doesn't she? But it just, it seems more witchy to me. I don't know. Does that, do you get that feel? Um, I'm not too familiar with her, but I'll give it to you because I like, think like fairy godmothers. What? <laughs> <laughs> they're like on the line anyway. Yeah, they totally are. I mean, they're, they're, they're magical women, you know, they're witchy women, but you never saw the Brandy Cinderella? I saw it like a long time ago. Whoa, that is crazy. Well, you should watch it because it's amazing. It's one of my favorite ones. Uh, <laughs> I feel very judged right now and I don't like this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I think I'm just more astounded because I thought it would be something you've seen. That's all. Oh. Um, but, you know, it, with the whole Billy Porter thing coming up too, uh, it kind of reminded me that, uh, yeah, it was good. He'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm so proud of our Billy Porter, like owning, 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 <laughs> owning his uh, HIV and bringing like some knowledge around it to people. Like it's not a stamp of death anymore. There, there is life with HIV. Yes, I actually did uh, a campaign a few years ago, uh, talking about how you know HIV is okay. We can we can carry on. We can live with it, and you know I don't don't always have to buy into all the stigmas and I, my, I did a whole campaign and I, my head was on the, on bus stops and on buses themselves with my friend who has HIV and we were just like hey and we got to tell our stories and it was fun so <laughs> very cool that's something to be proud of yeah I should send you a picture of me on a bus I'm like this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> hello nice to see you again mm-hmm. you put some clothes on The Hollowells. Wasn't that fun? All right, and welcome to this week's Hanging with the Hollowells. This week we are going to get into I Dream of Jeannie, which I had no idea how I get. Or I Dream of Phoebe. <laughs> I have no idea how I guessed what this one was about, Kevin. Like that, I know that name like doesn't say anything. It is the most you know psychic <laughs> you've ever been in my life. I've ever seen. You know. Um, I have a quick update for you though before we get started. Okay. I beat Resident Evil Village. <laughs> <laughs> well then, you are you, you yeah. I'm <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um I have to say after playing all the way through it and learning the entirety of the story, this is going to sound crazy, but it blew my mind. I think it's an amazing game and I would say like story-wise, I think it's one of the strongest in the series. Oh man, see, I'm excited. I'm going to watch someone play it or like guide. Because what happens, what I usually do is they go to my cousin's house. He plays the games that are too scary for me and I like help guide him. <laughs> and like, I'll, I'll, you know, help him with clues and, and puzzles and stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't want to be the one shooting when it's too scary for me. Oh, that's like my friend Rachel. Like, if I ever get stuck, she pulls out her phone and, like, looks at, like, how you're supposed to get through it so that way we can keep playing and be happy. Yeah, yeah. 
And that way I can still be in on the story and be in on it without, you know, feeling too much like I'm going to like, because when I play video games, I feel like really attached to the character and I feel personally con- attached, connected. Like, you know, if they die, it's like going to kill a little part of me and it, it it's too scary. So if I'm watching, I'm the observer and I'm the viewer and it's not as bad. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this week, I Dream of Phoebe aired on February 15th, 2004, written by Curtis Keel and directed by John T. Kretschmer. Kretschmer. <laughs> I love that. It sounds like uh, a Donkey Kong country. Yeah. Like the, Krem- like the Kremlings. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see, like, this is totally a Valentine feeling episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Which is funny because it doesn't really have to do too much with love, but for some reason it feels like a Valentine episode. There, there's relationships, there's connections, and there's some romantic elements. And uh, yeah, fair enough. You win. <laughs> so scene one. Chris meets Phoebe at the newspaper. He is desperate because a number of fortune tellers and soothsayers have told him that he is to be conceived this month. And he will cease to exist if this doesn't happen. Phoebe blames him for the separation of Leo and Piper, but Chris argues that he had to become the sister's white letter to protect Wyatt. Phoebe picks up a letter to her column and gets a premonition of a woman being attacked by a demon. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, God's there. I think it's really funny that Phoebe's first thing she asked was, have I ever hit on you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know... That is funny because he's like, what? No. And I'm like, lies, I say lies. <laughs> yes, I thought the same thing, Valhalla of the Dolls. Valhalla of the Dolls. No, no, no. Not Valhalla of the Dolls. Oh, my goddess. Oh, wait, you're right. Oh, my goddess. Even yeah, earlier. Yeah, when she's the goddess of only like by an episode or two. <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending, depending on which part of which... Uh, which episode you're watching <laughs> but, yeah i was uh, thinking the first time they met was valhalla but that wasn't because he came in in the very end of season five so yeah correct, oh correct. my goddess <laughs> and also i mean this technically wasn't her but there was still like that weird flirty moment when the stillman sisters took over the bodies and he didn't know who they were <laughs> so i'm like mm, that, that so kind of one and a half times okay <laughs> that's fair <laughs> i never thought about it but I really like this idea that like Chris has torn his parents apart by trying to bring them together in a way like he's torn them apart because he had to get rid of Leo to get close to the sisters. But in doing so, he separated his parents. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, whoa, the ripple, the time travel ripple butterfly effect. Look what you're doing, man. Look what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> The butterfly effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Starring right. Amy Smart and Esther yep. <laughs> I wanted to like that movie more than I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I really liked it as, as a kid, but that's because the concept, I think, was more what I was interested in versus the movie itself, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense. but uh, And they made like a bunch of sequels, too, and I heard those were really pretty bad. But Oh, I didn't know that. I should there's no. like. Oh, yeah, there's Butterfly Effect 2, which I heard was awful. And then there's another one. I don't know if it's called 3 or what, but there's at least three of them. Okay. <laughs> the more you know. The more you know. Shooting star. Speaking of the more you know, I have a history lesson for you. Oh, yes. Tell me. So I looked up magic carpets. 
The earliest magic carpet in literature dates back to 1706 in the collected stories in 1001 Nights. So this is a Middle Eastern just collection of like folk stories. So it's unclear as to when the earliest mention of a magic carpet actually was. This was just the first recorded mention. But one thing that I thought was interesting is in that first written concept of a magic carpet, it was more the idea that like you get on the carpet and it teleports you somewhere like oh. bed knobs and broomstick style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing that movie up because it's like amazing to me. <laughs> I know. I used to watch that movie a lot as a kid. And then I tried to show my grumpy ex-boyfriend once and every time i'd put it on he'd be like this is boring <laughs> this is boring what that's what he sounded I, like he was a frog <laughs> oh <laughs> no it's great naboombu and all the songs and you know can you spell that london air and like and like oh <laughs> like so good i know sometimes i randomly say chaguna tragoides satum satisti and nobody knows what i'm talking about (laughs) you're gonna really like the next episode of words of the witches because the episode starts with that pretty much yes yes that's what that was my word my word of the day is substitutionary so uh it's it's great (laughs) perfect timing (laughs) so okay so i'm gonna say something controversial kevin but i might as well get your opinion Okay. I liked Bedknobs and Broomsticks more than Mary Poppins. I I don't I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's fair. I think yeah, I might too actually. I I mean, in my youth I definitely did. As a kid I definitely did. Yeah, so. cuz I read once that like people see it as opposite cuz I guess they kind of made Bedknobs and Broomsticks to kind of like mirror Mary Poppins and kind of get that whole like magical like cartoon in real life feel but then Bedknobs like bombed in the theaters so then people just see it as like the ugly stepsister but I think Mary Poppins is the ugly stepsister (laughs) (laughs) right I mean I love both movies but I think Bedknobs and Broomsticks is more of my kind of movie my kind of lore you know but you know they both have the same actor in it what's his name Charles what's his face Oh yeah, uh, Mr. Banks, actor guy. Yeah, I can't always forget his name, but he's he's good. He's great. Yeah, degree apogee. <laughs> and you're right. I'm not hating on Mary Poppins. I also like Mary Poppins, but you're right. I like the kind of darker tone of Bed Knobs and the fact that our main character is a witch. Yeah, right. And I've always <laughs> been. I've always been involved. You know, because Mary Poppins is magical, yes, but she's more of that magical you don't really understand. This one, you get to see her kind of bumble around and learn to be a witch and, and you know, fly off of broomstick <laughs> kind of suggestively. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, you know, they have the really cute black cat cosmic creepers like, oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So let us know, listeners, hit us up on uh, Insta. Which one's better? Maybe I'll put up a poll. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay. And yeah, let us know. Um, are we the only weirdos who like bed noms more? Or are there more weirdos out there? <laughs> we are the right. mister <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> chris orbs phoebe to a place in the middle east where they vanquish a demon and chase away another on a flying carpet the one on the flying carpet drops a bottle phoebe okay. dusts it off and a genie emerges she calls herself Ginny, and she's a genie 
Genie oh, the genie. <laughs> and like, get the cat. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Ginny tells Phoebe that her last master was Bosk, who was cruel even for a demon. Chris is upset because Piper is with Greg. As he orbs after Piper, Phoebe inadvertently makes her first wish to the genie named Ginny, who's a genie, that Chris wouldn't go. Chris loses his power to orb. Phoebe uses her second wish to give his power back. Ginny, who's a genie, tells Phoebe and Paige that Bosk is looking for Zanbar a buried city of evil magic. Chris goes to Piper and tells her there's an emergency separating her from Greg. Chris tries to separate Piper from Greg permanently, but won't tell her why. (laughs) Lots going on. And they did not mention the night. I put that in here. They didn't mention Paige getting gifts from Richard. Like that was all that happened in the scene too, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he was, like, trying to overcompensate and make her magical gifts. Yeah, they don't they don't include that at all in the summary. I'm like, rude. <laughs> yeah. Her, she does an intervention, and she, they don't, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, like, Richard's point was interesting that basically, like, he's using magic more to show her he can handle it. But, like, if she's asked you to not do that, then maybe you shouldn't, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more of a consent thing. Like, there are other ways... Besides, like, giving, I don't know. Just, I would say, say, not try to make a big deal out of it. Just live your life, and if magic happens, that would be the best way to, to deal with it, I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, this demon Bosk, if you add another S to his name, Kevin, I have some really exciting news for you. Okay. Oh, then, a Star Wars character? Oh, yeah, sorry. then he'd be a Star Wars character named Bosk. <laughs> Bosk with two S's. Yep. Bosk I'm Elliot was, with two T's. He was a, <laughs> uh, a like lizard-looking bounty hunter that was in the Empire Strikes Back like super quick. Oh but, like, wow! Same with Boba Fett. Like he was only in it for a second, but everybody loves them now because they're so cool looking. <laughs> I mean, he sounds cool. I have no idea what I can't picture it. I don't remember that one. But my favorite thing about Star Wars is the Ewoks. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I love the Ewoks. I have one hanging from my rearview mirror. I think they're adorable. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one I would turn on all the time because I had a VHS tape of the Star Wars. I'm like, where's the Ewok one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I can't believe that Phoebe, like, wasted two wishes on just Chris Orbing. (laughs) I know. It's like, what a way. Well, I guess they needed a quick way to get her three wishes done, but even though they didn't have to use all three, but it was was funny. Like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but you know, it's clear to her that she that the wishes don't matter to her. She doesn't care about the wishes. Um, it's, it's something that's just a circumstantial, situational thing. <laughs> yeah. And I have uh, Bosk's entry in the Book of Shadows here. Oh, funny enough, my Book of Shadows is open to Bosk today. <laughs> oh, read it to us. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell us about my- it, Janet. Oh yes. <laughs> I will take the microphone on a field trip again. This is fun. Okay, <laughs> Bosk. Oh God, this is like in a circle. Okay, wait. (laughs) Uh, I have to stand up. Okay, wait. (laughs) A sinister low-level demon who attacks by shooting light darts at his victims. Uh, Because it's written in a circle, I have to like move my head around in different directions. Uh, He can (laughs) be vanquished with the following ingredients. Mandrake, 
Dark Roasted Wattle Seed, Dwarf Milkweed, and Keeled Bladder Pod. <laughs> I don't think I want to try Keeled Bladder Pod. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, those are the weirdest. I don't are all those things real? Like, I don't know, but oh, it felt so official reading from the Book of Shadows. I'm like, I was, you know, putting my finger on the words as I read them, like, ooh. But, you know, when it's in a weird transfiguration like that, I have to get creative, but it felt good. You sounded very official. Like, I'm, I'm really feeling it here. Oh, thank you. Hmm. <laughs> um, Keeled bladder pod is a real plant. It, <laughs> it has little yellow flowers on it. And let's see. I can't see where it grows. But yeah, it's killed. <laughs> Somebody was like, I think I'll call it killed bladder pod. <laughs> I'm having a very bad day today. So let's call it how I'm feeling in my gut rot days. Like whatever. <laughs> oh, it looks like it grows mostly in southern. No, in Mexico. Oh, wow. Okay. Where Rose McGowan lives. I know how to read maps. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, you know that dress that um, was conjured on page? Uh-huh. Do you recognize that outfit? I do, but only because I have a note here about it. So I cheated. Oh, you have a note here about it. Okay, what does the note say? Let me see if it's right. Uh, let's see. Let me find it. Because I, I think you're thinking of something different. Oh, I am thinking of something different. <laughs> I'm thinking of jewelry. Yes, which is another thing too, another quiz thing. Um, but the dress was actually the same dress that Rose McGowan wore in the season six promo, promo pictures, and some of them anyway. And I had a life-size uh, picture of all the girls' season six promo pictures. I printed out, uh, they all were like 30, 30 or 40 pages of, pa- of printer paper, and each one had a little picture and I'd put them together like a little puzzle and create life-size posters of them. I was insane. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, yeah, and I went, yeah, I printed them for my dad's work computer and put them together. And then I hung them on my wall and I would stand next to them and she was wearing that dress in that picture. So Wow. <laughs> yeah. I used to do really weird stuff like that too. Like I admire your um tenacity for the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was very real. I mean, people think I'm crazy now, but even back then I was like a nut, nutty kind of kid, like doing the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. So, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Bosk flies through the attic window on his carpet. <laughs> it's like a Marvel Rose way of saying carpet. I love it. Uh, Phoebe throws a potion, but Bosk is wearing the Eye of Agbar, which protects him. Phoebe wishes Ginny free, and Ginny throws a fireball, bonquishing Bosk. Ginny flies away on Bosk's carpet. Phoebe Carpet. Phoebe finds that she is stuck in the bottle and that Chris, who was first picked up the bottle, is her master. Leo later reads that Arabic inscription on the bottle, which states that Ginny was a demon cursed to grant the wishes of others and that whoever freed Ginny, the genie, would be forced to switch places with her. Would you like a history lesson on Eye of Agbar? Okay. There is none. It was made up for this episode. <laughs> I had a feeling that's what you were going to say, but I wanted to make sure. Okay. <laughs> you were just testing me? Yes, yeah, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure this was made up. But yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you just found out about blood, whatever. What is it called? Bladder pod. You just, uh, that was a real thing. I thought that was fake too. So I guess, you know, who knows what I know. 
Right. I don't know what's real and fake. I, I have Agbar sounds real and bladder pod sounds fake. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And bladder pod. <laughs> oh. All right. Leo tells Chris that he is to be sent back to his own time, that he has done more harm than good as a white lighter. An angry Chris then wishes Leo would get over being angry with him, which Phoebe grants. Aww. Not angry Leo is the most adorable Leo ever. <laughs> he is so cute. He's so cute. I mean, I love that. I want to cuddle with with him. Yeah. He reminded me a lot of like 70s Leo, but less flirty. Yeah. Just like a, just an all around good guy who wants to, you know, just be your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on, let's, let's hug it out. You know? <laughs> come on, sport. It'll be okay. I, I'm just, I still love you. Right. (laughs) Paige is at Richard's home and has summoned the ghost of his family for a magical intervention because she is worried about his use of magic. Richard, however, refuses to admit a problem and angry at Paige for interfering, teleports out. Ginny takes control of Bosk's demon gang who believe they found Zanbar. Okay. All right. I had some issues. (laughs) Yes. So... First off, Paige summoned a whole family of ghosts. Like WTF? When did she get that powerful? There was only there's only like three ghosts really, and the rest of them are people. But yeah, I get it. I get you. <laughs> and I think it's funny that she's like, Richard, you have a problem with magic, so I've summoned three ghosts <laughs> to tell you this thing. <laughs> I know. Like, look at all the magic I've used to help you. <laughs> I've used lots of strong magic to show you that you have a problem. <laughs> it's like, look what it's doing to me. <laughs> uh, but did you, you know, it was cool. It was, um, one of the ghosts was his dad, which was killed in the last uh, first episode we saw him in. The one that Olivia killed in his office. That was one of the ghosts. Okay. I did notice him. The other people didn't matter. The other ghost was just some girl and then. Another girl, but <laughs> and random family members we don't know. But, but you know, it does matter. Steve, right? Steve was there. Steve is so hot. I kept staring at Steve. I can't get enough of Steve. I really like Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clyde was a chance of meatballs. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Right. And <laughs> I like that he like. Still has the kind of long hair, like the length that he cut it to. I really liked too. I was like, I can't yeah. get down with this, Steve. You've got some style. You've got some, you know, mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's like Richard. Listen to it. Listen to me. <laughs> You're going too far, Richard. Paige has summoned ghosts and used a lot of magic to show you that you're using too much magic. You know what's weird too is like they say <laughs> it's been so weird between this episode and the last episode. Like Paige is supposed to be living with him in that house. Oh yeah, and, and like she doesn't act like she's living there. She's like, I didn't talk to him for three days. He wasn't answering my phone calls. Like, isn't he living with you? <laughs> like, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's. I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're just like doing that thing where when you're having problems, you go anywhere but home. Maybe. She's like, I'm leaving. I need to, I need to get, I need some air. Just like, 
do your own thing, fine. Uh, <laughs> you know what else is funny? Um, whenever they show like the outside, uh, the outside of the house, like the that scene, like the gate and everything, they've used that before. Do you recognize it? No. It was in uh, Lost and Bound, season four, episode twelve. Oh, okay. And that's the one where Ludlow was going to take the um, the fire starter Tyler. Twisted fire starter. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And he's the one you told me they've used in the books and comics more, right? Yeah, the one that becomes gay. Yeah. Yeah. So See, all, I do circle. listen to your ramblings. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know they are very sporadic and hard to follow sometimes, but good. <laughs> But it's good because you're walking us all through the very rich, very crazy world, which is charmed. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it does get random and doesn't make sense. And the connections that are used that aren't really connected, but they're there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a comic book universe, really, how convoluted it can get. Oh, don't even get me started on that. I'm a Marvel reader. That stuff is convoluted <laughs> as shit. <laughs> right. I played Kingdom Hearts, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but Ansem isn't really Ansem. You see, he was pretending to be Ansem. <laughs> right. This is his This is his heart. This is his body. This is what happened. You know, this is him and him and him. You are the same person, but you're different people. Like... <laughs> And that's why we rearrange the letters of your name and put an X somewhere in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> a new you. A new you. <laughs> All right. Chris urges Leo to get back together with Piper, but he is unwilling. Finally, mm. Chris uses his second wish to get Piper and Leo to sleep together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Phoebe tricks him, however, by forcing them to physically fall asleep next to each other. Two demons attack. Paige vanquishes them, and Ginny, the genie, follows. Paige, oh wait, she's not a genie anymore. I can't say that until she's a genie. Right, yeah, yeah. And then genie follows. Paige catches Ginny, who's not a genie, in a crystal cage. But Richard grabs the bottle and shimmers away. Chris admits to Paige that he is Piper and Leo's son after creeping her out when he told her his second wish. <laughs> she's like, ew, you're like some creepy pedophile, whatever it is, you know. Creepy, like, what'd you say? That's not pedophile. <laughs> uh, sex oh. offender. She calls him a sex offender. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think... Like, Chris is being way too obvious. Like, the the way he's like, oh, look, Piper, it's Leo. Leo always comes right away when you need him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, you are, yeah, you're not co- good at covering things up, really. Yeah, I feel like if, if I were Piper, I would catch on to how obvious he's being and not want to do it even more because he wants me to do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't Chris know you have to be careful what you witch for? Like he said, sleep together. Of course, that's easy to twist if you're a genie. Exactly. Paige <laughs> <laughs> had another funny line. I wasn't sure if it was now or later, but she said something about like putting something in the microwave. <laughs> oh, uh, putting the like trapping the genie back in the bottle and putting it in the microwave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> and like. I liked how it showed how powerful Richard is. He basically like magically backhanded Ginny. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. 
And that's the first time I think I've ever seen him use just like that teleportation or whatever kind of thing he did. Yeah. It's pretty cool too. And then it was cool to see Paige like make the circle, the crystal circle with not using hands or anything. Crystal circle. Ta-da. Yeah. Done. <laughs> this was such a cool action witch scene. Like they did a lot of things. Like you said, we haven't really seen this stuff done as much in the show. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it's neat. They they're really giving into those effects, even though the carpet looked funny, goofy sometimes. But you know, they they're doing some good stuff. So yeah, back at Richard's house doesn't work. Back at no. the Met, no. Back at Richard's <laughs> house. <laughs> Paige tries to, and is like, oh yeah, it's not Paige. It's, she doesn't live there anymore. Apparently, well, she definitely doesn't do it at the end of this episode. Doesn't live there anymore. But <laughs> uh, Paige tries to throw a power stripping potion at Richard, but he repels it and knocks Paige flat. I'm like, ooh. You are brutal. Anyway, mm-hmm. at the matter, Chris shows Greg that Leo and Piper are asleep together, and Greg leaves disappointed. Richard, sorry for what he has done, wishes Phoebe free. Uh, yeah. And I am so mad. This show is so sexist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Phoebe gets the sexy, gorgeous, show off her beautiful stomach genie outfit and richard gets a plain black not even tight fitting outfit i want to see his stomach i know he should have been he should have been wearing like an aladdin outfit like where's the little sleeveless vest thing where's your belly button where's the like uh parachute pants you know like (laughs) yeah that would have been cool he could have a little i mean he just looked like a boring like guy in a marketplace like hey can i get some lamp or whatever i don't like I don't hey i've got some carpes for sale do you want a carpe carpe can I get some <laughs> uh, sugar dates <laughs> so i've been kind of hearing this thing i'm sure you could enlighten me but i read something where like um the show creator like switched and so it got to a point where some people felt that they were just basically trying to find ways to get the girls naked at a certain point. Oh yeah. You mean talking about Krista Vernoff, right? You're talking about. Yes. Right? That's her name. I couldn't remember okay. any names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Krista Vernoff was uh, kind of, she was a writer on the show mm-hmm. and she um, was around from like season three up until like the end of season five or around, you know, and she left before season six started. Um, and she said something, she made some comments recently how like, you know, it wasn't really good for her. She's like, it's all about like getting the girls in, in the skimpiest thing they can find. And, you know, there are times like that, but at this point too, the girls did have control of their image too. They weren't like just being fed, told what to do um, this. They were, they're really owning their sexy. I think they were owning that image and, and being um, a voice for people, for girls to kind of control that sexy. But I, I guess, you know, in her eyes, it was, it was hard for her, but I don't think, it was as awful as she believed it was. I think it was more of a personal choice for her that it wasn't working out. But really, the, at this point, the girls were were making a lot of their own decisions themselves, and they, you know, they had some say in the lines. They had say, some say in what they wore and what they were comfortable with. You know, because Piper never wore that stuff because she's like, no, that's not me. So yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's just Alyssa was comfortable in that way. So. So do you think this was more like Richard, or I guess? Baltazar Getty like not wanting to wear something revealing or do you think it's more like the higher ups just being like you're a dude we don't want to see that 
I see. I might. I think probably is more of a richer thing because they've gotten sexy with guys before. I mean, think of the strippers or the Kazi demons. Like they've had naked guys on here. You know, Prince Charmed was just a naked guy. So it's. <laughs> I think it was more maybe it's a personal choice or maybe just like the customer that was just like, yeah, you can wear this. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. So I wouldn't know completely, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for going down that rabbit hole with me. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I did read like. Um, uh holly marie basically responded to krista basically saying like i never felt like you said never felt forced to wear anything i didn't feel it was sexist i felt like you know we are owning our femininity so i've heard that actually from my close friend rachel she said when she got the confidence to like you know she was a um burlesque dancer yeah. for a hot second and she said she felt a lot of power in the control that she had over the room over just like using her body yeah right and it's it's just you know people have bodies girls have bodies and how they choose to live in those bodies is completely up to them and what makes them comfortable what makes them empowered you know it's mm-hmm. just a different kind of way of empowerment yeah and i can definitely see like Alyssa milano for her whole career because um i know uh with brunch on the hollowells we watched one of her movies from i think the early 90s was it poison ivy too it wasn't poison ivy but yeah i've seen poison ivy it was uh, embrace of the vampire oh okay and yes that that one like damn i've never seen phoebe in that light like she was going after the vampire she was with a woman for a little while in the movie i got to see some phoebe boobies like she (laughs) not hold anything back (laughs) right right (laughs) and i think that's awesome that she has that confidence and power and knows like i want to show this yeah and and it's not and it's not to discount like krista vernoff's experiences either because her her feelings are valid too and if she felt that this was detrimental to herself as a person and what she believed in then that's totally fair too so it's just everyone has a different experience and what makes them comfortable exactly and that's also something holly said is like she she basically said i mean i'm summarizing i don't remember exactly this was months ago that i read this but she basically said like if krista felt that way then she's proud of her for like standing up for her choice and like making a point to leave if that's where she feels it's going but she didn't feel that way. Holly didn't feel that way. Fun fact. Um, the re- you know, do you remember when Holly and Alyssa were on Grey's Anatomy? Yes. Christopher Vernoff wrote that episode because she's, she's actually a writer on Grey's Anatomy, or she was at that time. And that's part of why they were brought back, because uh, she wrote that episode. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. Get it, Krista. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Ginny, who's not a genie, frees herself by summoning her carpet. <laughs> Threatening the sleeping Leo and Piper, she orders Chris to take her to the bottle. He does so, and Ginny gets the bottle, wherein now resides Richard, not looking sexy, and wishes the charmed ones dead. Then orders Richard, not looking sexy, into the <laughs> bottle. Piper's ghost floats over her body, but Leo pulls her close, heals her in her sleep, causing her ghost to return to her body. Oh, it's such a sweet moment. <laughs> right. Even in death, Leo is holding his love close to him. Yeah. And that gives you, it def- definitely gives you the hope. This is like a very hopeful episode for those two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, we all know Piper and Lee are going to get back together. Well, and yeah. They're going to fucking make Chris. Yeah, I know. But like, <laughs> it's nice. That, you know, after after the whole beginning of the, of the season where they're like, no, you're like, come on, get together. And now this is just like our final reward for that. Like, it's coming. <laughs> well, one thing that I thought was really interesting that they touched on, they didn't really like go into any detail, but... I like the fact that when I, I can't remember now if it, I think it was Chris. It sounds like something Chris would do. He kind of challenges Leo. Like, doesn't that affect you that she's going out with this guy, Greg and Leo's um, response is basically like, I want her to be happy. And that's something that on my journey, when I was becoming polyamorous is something that was told to me that like, when you, truly love someone like you want them to be happy even if it means that they're not necessarily with you in that moment so that to me was the most truthful and honest and like believable moment of like yeah leo loves piper right right and he's been like that pretty much the whole time even though when he was you can tell it got to him he he let it go because he knew it's what piper wanted and he was respecting her wishes this entire season and it it does does say something about how deeply he feels, you know, it's, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because like, if he acts on his love for her, he's just going to be like pushing at her and pushing at her. And now she's not going to be happy. And now like, nobody's happy, but like, he's mm-hmm. doing what's best for her and letting her grow and learn. And if she decides not to be with him, then that's, what's going to make her happy. Yeah. It's such a Leo thing, but it's also such a white lighter thing in a, in a sense, just being a just general good natured person you know mm-hmm. not an elder thing because because the elder thing elders are dicks so like he's like he was technically an elder now but you know he's not an elder he's a white letter vibe <laughs> yeah <laughs> elders suck i hate them honorary white lighter <laughs> honorary white lighter yes <laughs> phoebe and Paige were revealed not to have moved on because the wish was for the charmed ones to die and as piper piper was healed the others could not die they're just grounded to this realm. <laughs> the ghosts of Phoebe and Paige stabilize, i.e. are stopped from moving on. Oh, I just said that. And whisper to haunt Ginny as she wishes for the return of Zanbar. The city rises, Hamanaptra, and the ghosts of Phoebe and Paige arrive with Chris. Phoebe possesses Ginny, uses her body to vanquish the demons, and wishes Richard free. Oh, man, crazy action again. Richard wishes the Charmed Ones alive again. He gives Chris a bottle after wishing Zanbar to be hidden again. I'm not sure how the math works on that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's cute for the episode, but I was like, what? <laughs> so because Piper didn't die, the other sisters are trapped in ghost form? Yes. Well, it's, I, yeah, it's because they say because the Charmed Ones... She wished the Charmers would die as like a unit. And because one of them survived, the others couldn't really move on because I don't know. It's like they're their unit, they're together as a unit in the, according to that wish. If if she said if he said like for Prue or no for for Piper, Phoebe, and Paige to die, I don't know. It's it's really weird. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> the logic yeah. is 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 a very kind of whatever, but I guess we can't really say anything until we're like on the level of the charmed ones, like actually doing this magic. Then we can debate right. it. But this is all I mean, metaphysical. <laughs> yeah, like for, in terms of the narrative, I it does it did make sense to me just thinking about it. Like 
quickly like oh yeah they're, they're a unit i guess you know in this case it works but if you really get into the details it's hard to really pinpoint what makes sense there <laughs> yeah and at the end of the day like it makes some more funner episode to see ghost phoebe and Paige like messing with Ginny. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like everybody can see them it's like they're ghosts but everybody can see them <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> so it's like i mean you're not like a real ghost ghost are you you're just like a dick I'm a, I'm a, you're a hologram to everybody. That's what it is. Right. If, if the haunted mansion throws a party, you're not invited, but maybe you'll be invited to the gem and the holograms concert. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But it was interesting. You know, she, she, oh, but yeah. Okay. I'm done. I was going to talk about stuff. I'll save that for later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Richard discusses his problems with magic with Paige and shows her that he has finally reluctantly taken the power stripping potion. Leo and Piper awaken and Leo is given the bottle to get rid of. Piper thought on awakening that she was dreaming and tells Leo that he healed her in her sleep. That is so cute. It's so cute. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, so that wasn't a dream. He's like, this is what happened. Here, <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, mean, I always love that. I just get a nice little, the feels, the little feels in my in my heart. Yeah, I do feel bad for Senor Greg for like the tomfoolery that Chris pulled on him. Like, that's not a way to find out yeah, yeah. that you're not meant to be with someone. Yeah, especially if you didn't really get to talk to them. You just like going off of assumptions and stuff. And yeah. you know, you know, you love how he's like he like they're sleeping, and then he like uses the telekinesis and puts his hand over Piper more, and makes him lay into her his <laughs> his chest a little more. It's like, oh, look at them; they're perfectly good together. Yeah, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Greg. Hmm. Greg. Uh, his hair was nice-ish. I don't know. Oh, I didn't like his hair. Yeah, it's. It, it's yeah it's it's good hair but i just don't know if i like it hair you know what i mean okay that's fair like yeah i'm like it's a it's a it's healthy hair that's the word <laughs> it's healthy hair <laughs> okay scene uh, is this the last one scene yes 11. fire oh man this last sentence of the summary here we go okay piper and leo orb out to get wyatt leaving chris to wonder aloud what about me phoebe sensing and seeing their connection Reaffirms hope for her nephew. Aww. Aww, that is so cute. So cute. <laughs> All right, so that's our episode. How did you feel about it? Was it worth the wait? I thought this one was worth the wait. Like, I was laughing along with it, and, like, that part with that fight, the witch fight, That, like I said, that was a really cool fight. And I do like that we're finally getting we're finally getting to the Piper and Leo stuff that I kind of figured we'd get to. So I feel like this is going to be the start of like a new journey in this season. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have my, um, my genie lamp, my Phoebe genie lamp. I should take a picture of that later too. Ooh. Okay. I like that. I'll take a picture of the genie lamp next to my boss book of shadows page and I'll post that on the page. It'll be fun. Yay. Okay. <laughs> now, Kevin. Yes. 
Did you know this is the last episode featuring Baltazar Getty as Richard Montana? Yeah, right? I know. So, Yeah, this one actually felt like a breakup. Like, I was right in there with Paige. Like, she was crying, and, like, you knew that, like, we don't work well together. Um, But you're right, because, like, with the Jason and Phoebe thing, it was more, like, up in the air, like, just like we'll t- we'll take a break and maybe come back. This one felt, and they didn't have to say it. They're just like, this is what is good for me. This is what I need. You have to do your magic. I can't use magic. Um, it's just you know it makes sense. You know, and they didn't have to say anything. It just was a known thing, and it was beautiful. Yeah, and it felt more like a real problem. Like we want to be each other with each other. We love each other, but you have trouble with magic. I like using magic, so this just isn't going to work. Right. Yeah. And you can't really ask a charmed one to give it up either. Right. So, so, yeah. All right. And Chris subtly hints that he is Piper and Leo's son after Leo tells him and Phoebe that Leo is petitioning him to send him back to the future. Chris mumbles, you mean abandon me again? Mm-hmm. So that gives you some context about what might have happened in the future. Yeah. Mm. And this is what I was hinting at earlier. This is why it rung a bell in my head. In this episode, Paige is given jewelry by Richard via magic. This is the same exact jewelry that alternate Phoebe is wearing in Centennial Charmed. Did you recognize it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Can can you think about it now or do you still not know what do you remember? Was it like a big thick necklace? It was actually um, a bracelet. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember that, that, the bracelet. That, yeah, that thick kind of like diamondy bracelet. Uh, that's the one that Phoebe was wearing at, at that time. And she, you know, she forgets. She, you know, throws. Her, she like held a knife. Never like she's gonna threaten to stab you. She's like, hey, hey. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this is the second time the sisters encounter a genie. The first time was in. Do you remember? Are you, are you asking me? Of course I remember. We talked, <laughs> we, we talked about French Stewart a few episodes ago. I know. And <laughs> I said it during this episode, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And which Shannon Dory directed that episode as well. Oh, she did? Yeah, we talked about that with Rob when he was on, you know, the, that was the first episode she directed, the season oh, two finale. Oh, very nice. Yeah. In this episode, Piper dies for the sixth time, Phoebe for the sixth time, and Paige, the newest one to the group. She missed the first three seasons, but she's died the most with a whopping seven times. (laughs) Yes. And it's the only episode where they all die at the same time. Do you think knowing the total of deaths would spoil anything for you? Because I know how the total of all their deaths. I don't think so. Okay, what's funny is um, Piper, Phoebe, and Paige, by the end of the series, all die nine times. Really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is funny. Okay. <laughs> Equal nine. And Prue only died three times. <laughs> One for every season. Yep. <laughs> and this is the only episode of season six not to involve any spells. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, crazy. And lastly, when Phoebe transforms into a genie in the attic, Alyssa and Holly have an exchange that sounds as if they are breaking the fourth wall as Phoebe asks, why is she always the one with the wig? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I, oh. <laughs> I did think that was a weird line because I'm like, wait, so she turned into a genie in a wig? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, oh, okay. So you, you didn't really grow hair when you became a genie. You just They just gave you a wig to look like Barbara Eden. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I appreciated, though? Hmm. Because we had we had three different genies in this episode. And each genie had their own like smoke color, which is really cool. Uh when Genie was the genie, it was pink. When Phoebe was the genie, it was blue. And when Richard was the genie, it was like gray, whitish color. And uh I thought it was pretty cool. Was when they when it, the genie goes from Richard to Ginny, like when he, she wishes them free, the, the colors change. So it goes from to from gray right to pink and then sucks her in. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I noticed that this time. I mean, like, that is neat. See, they're really thinking about those effects there. <laughs> and now you're also making me think because we know Phoebe has her like obsession with older shows and movies. So I wonder if like becoming the genie, you become your own idea of a genie. So like, yeah. that's why she looked like Barbara Eden. Right. Yeah. That would be, and you know, and uh genie looked like princess Jasmine. Oh, she was so sexy. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah. And then Richard was like, uh, I look like some marketplace rando. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he has no uh, yeah. self-esteem. So like, he just looks all drab and boring. Cause he's like, Oh, I don't matter. <laughs> I love that. See, that's this. We're adding to the lore. We're making it make wonderful sense. I'm going with that. I'm thinking about this forever now. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I'm about to start the whole show, Phoebe Vision, where Phoebe <laughs> <laughs> makes a whole world of old TV shows around her. I think it's an original idea, and I think it's going to be huge. Oh my gosh, we already have half the episodes already. If you think about the charmed episodes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> all right great then you already just hinted at it because yeah uh jenny was a very beautiful woman so let's see how she stands up on fuck mary kill it's time to play everybody's favorite game fuck mary kill. we are gathered here today So we'll start with Ginny for you, played by uh, Saba Homayun. Oh, she was beautiful. I loved her little voice. You know, it's funny though. Like, you love, don't you love how like she like went from like, oh yes, master, whatever, to like, I'm badass bitch. Watch out for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did like that a lot. <laughs> but but she does. She does have. A, she did have a very Linda Larkin kind of voice, didn't she? She sounded like Princess Jasmine even to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I liked her a lot, I, I, and I thought she was sexy in both the genie outfit and her black like thing. So oh, uh, I would put her in the fuck category for sure. I'm gonna put her. Hmm, hmm, under David Wright. So right above wow. Swarm King. Yeah. So that makes her number three on your list. Yes, and that also 
kicks Steve Montana oh, off of your fuck list. How can you do this to Steve? <laughs> I'm sorry. We just talked about Steve. <laughs> he is really great. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All right. I'm also going to add Ginny to mine. And like, since we are just basing her on her character in the show, um, I'm not marrying this bitch. No. She's crazy and she's a good actress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put her right over Mitzi Stillman, played, played by, by Jenny Jen- McCarthy. Okay. Which gets rid of Miss, played by Ivana Humpalot Milosevic. Oh, gosh, that missed. Now I can't say that name anymore. I know. <laughs> All right. Bosk, our lizardy bounty hunter, played by Mark Declan. <laughs> uh, lizardy bounty hunter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Bosk, Charm Bosk is super sexy to me, too. Uh, I, I'm going to put him on my fuck list, too, because, you know, you don't want to marry a demon like that. No, but definitely fuckable all the time. Uh, I'm going to put him above Chris. Underneath the Swarm King. You're just all about that Swarm King today. Oh, I, I do love that Swarm King. <laughs> all right. So that makes him number five, getting rid of Kanisha, played by Sean Robinson. Oh, I like that jacket, Kanisha. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's my thing with Bosk. I do think he's a very attractive man, but I think he's kind of like, for my tasted men, he's kind of like got that basic, like, I'm an attractive man look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see that. So he does not make any of my lists. <laughs> okay. All right, Greg, played by Jason Shaw. Greg is already on my list. I think I like where he is. I'm going to keep him where he is. I, my okay. I forgot to check because, yeah, he did come up before. So technically, we don't even need to do Greg and yeah. fuck Mary Kill. Yeah. But it's good because if they do make an appearance, they you know they have opportunities to redeem themselves or change their ranking. So that's why it's always good to add them again. I think. But well, I'm gonna start going by Sean the Greg Killer because I killed him twice. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and lastly, we have Demonic Forty Thieves leader played by Joey Naber. Oh, he's, he's not a bad looking guy he's just kind of generic to me <laughs> so yeah i'm going to kill him yeah i can echo that he like he didn't stand out too much but he didn't stand out for being ugly either <laughs> right right he's just he's not bad or good he's just kind of you know a normal guy mm-hmm. all right great so that takes us through fuck mary kill and just remember um we're getting towards the last third of the season so we're gonna want those lists in probably the next two months oh man it's it's coming soon it's coming soon i've heard that before and then you just keep (laughs) working at it and working at it your mouth gets tired (laughs) i mean there's always more there's multiple rounds just saying (laughs) okay that's true Uh, all right, cool. Well, that's done. Uh, so the next episode <laughs> is The Courtship of Wyatt's Father. Isn't that a fun name? That is a fun name. It reminds me of a Star Wars book called The Courtship of Princess Leia. That's what I always think of. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know that book. It's actually based off of a, like a TV series, an old series from like the 60s or 70s. 
called The Courtship of Eddie's Father, which I don't know anything about, but somebody told me that. So I'm like, oh. Oh, that makes so much more sense. I thought it was a random title. <laughs> yeah, because it does. It sounds like, what is that? That's a weird thing to use for a title, but sure. But yeah, it was, uh, uh, I just looked it up right now. It was a sitcom based on the 1963 movie of the same name. So there's a movie of it, and then there was a TV series of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that now that Chris has told Paige and Phoebe that they're going to team up and use some sort of crazy spell to try to bring Piper and Leo back together. Um, well, yeah. No, they don't use a spell. I thought I was making a mistake by throwing the spell in. Yeah, there's no spell. Okay. But things happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what's you know what's sad about this episode because this uh, you know next episode is definitely a, the start of something new for sure. But you know this this episode, this Dragon Phoebe episode, was the last Tatum look for Rose. Oh, really? She's gonna get a new look next episode. Oh, so I, 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 I don't think it's too much of a spoiler for plot, but I thought it'd be fun to to share. So look out for her new look. Okay, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully she got the hair color pre-approved by the producers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. And also uh, next week we have a guest joining us. So I'm excited oh. to get him on this show and I'm excited to beat you at Witch Witch again. <laughs> I'm sure you will. It's it's fine. I look forward to the day. I look forward to that time. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week. You can also find me on uh, Once Upon a Cult or on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. Where can we find you, girl? Oh, you can find me uh, at KGZ87 or the, my podcast, Words of the Witches. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you can um, link to all of our stuff through uh, our Hanging with the Hollowells on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's where we live. Yep. <laughs> and with that see you next tuesday oh see you next tuesday <laughs>